Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, how KD and the Nets blazed past Portland last night. We break down Ben Simmons' best game in a Brooklyn jersey thus far. Plus, we have full highlights from Kawhi Leonard's return after a 12-game absence. Are the Clips ready to make their push? We discuss also, we have not one but two guests joining us today. Lakers head coach Darvin Ham and Hawks star Trey Young. Both of them are stopping by. All of that, so much more. It's Friday. Let's get it started here on NBA Today. Welcome to NBA Today. He's senior writer Zach Lowe. I am Malika Andrews. Kendrick Perkins is going to be with us momentarily. Six teams in action last night, but I think we should start in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe grab our voodoo donuts. Head up. Have you had voodoo donuts? Never. They're pretty good. Pips are better. Uh, Let's head to Portland. The Nets were in town taking on the Portland Trailblazers. We're getting you to highlights of that one right now. Ben Simmons, this was his game, and we are going to show you. So, Blazers hosting the Nets. Let's go to the second quarter in this one, Zach. Ben Simmons, we're going to keep an eye on him in this first play. Because, look here. All's in the missed free throw. Then zips a nice pass to Kevin Durant on the other end for the finish. Ahead to the fourth quarter here. Nets down two. Simmons, another nice pass to Kevin Durant for the slam. And then a minute later here, the Nets, watch them, getting out in transition. Durant drives, finishes. Durant had 35 points and eight rebounds. So going ahead here to 240 left to play. The Blazers down by four. Lillard, ISO, spins into the lane, lays it in. Nice move from Lillard. Tough. 130 to play here. Blazers down five. Game time. This is game time. Once again, he finishes with another layup. He had 25 points, 11 assists in this one. Ten seconds left. Blazers down three. Lillard finds Nurkic. Don't foul him. Don't foul him, KD. No, he would tie it at the line on this one. So Nets inbounding with 6.5 left. Durant gets the inbound pass. Looking, looking, not quite good, but look who's there. Royce O'Neal gets one to go. Take another look at this one. Royce O'Neal, first career triple-double, first game with double-digit assists. Nets win 109-107. Take a listen to what the Nets had to say about Ben Simmons after the game. Royce O'Neal in Incredible, incredible. I mean, just happy for him because, you know, he's been trying to get his form back, trying to figure his rhythm out, and Tonight, I think he did a good job of just talking up, commanding the offense, commanding the team on the defensive side of the ball. Just, you know, he was he was incredible tonight. So you want to keep building on that, and um, you know, hopefully we uh, we get this next one. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. You know, I had people seem like I had like a you know a sprained ankle or something. You know, I had back surgery. That's not easy to come back from. So um, <clears throat> I take it day by day. You know, I, I stay locked in, I stay focused, and, and just continue to build. You know, on myself, uh, my body, and my game. 
Okay, so looking at Ben Simmons' stat line last night, he had a season-high 15 points, 13 rebounds in last night's win over the Blazers, his first double-double of the season. Let's dive in a little bit more to what exactly we saw from Ben Simmons. We have a little bit of tape to show our viewers here, Zach. Yeah, and I, I remember day one of the season on this show after his first bad game, I, sat, I stood right there and said, look, I know it was bad. We got to be patient. He's recovering from back surgery. He hasn't played in a million years. And now we go to the tape last night. He started doing some Ben Simmons sings. Here we go here. Look, rebound, run, let's go. And here he goes, hard push. This is the Draymond Green. Now, he's got an alley there. I'd like to see him attack that. He had space to attack, but if you're going to get it out to a good three-point shooter, fine. Defensively, here he is on the back line where he has struggled this year. Okay, he's putting up a fight against a legit NBA center. Deflection out of bounds. Good. Bring me the fight, Ben Simmons. I like to see it. This is what they need to see every game. Having a little swagger. And this is where he was elite defensively in Mm. Philly, guarding ball handlers. And Damian Lillard is a fire at all times, a five-alarm fire. Look, there's some airspace there. It's not perfect. Any airspace with Damian is a risk, but he recovers. They switch. Tough shot. This is not, like, remarkable stuff, but this is what the Nets need from Ben Simmons every single night, and it's a step in the right direction. But, like, Katie called it incredible. It is incredible to see, as a human being, you're rooting for Ben Simmons, but this has to be every night. This is what he used to do every night for the Nets to get anywhere close to where they thought they could get. A step in the right direction for Ben Simmons, a step in the right direction for the Nets' defense, because looking at the numbers, they held the Trailblazers to 29% shooting in the second half. They let them have 30, 61 points, rather, in the first half, but they started to get their wheels turning a little bit. I want to bring Kendrick Perkins into this conversation. Perk, what was your biggest takeaway looking at the Nets' win over the Blazers last night? Malika, did Zach say patience? Did he say patience when it came down to Ben Simmons? Look, Zach, this is not no hospital, okay? This is the NBA, and we've been patient enough with Ben Simmons when it's come down (laughs) to him needing to perform at an all-star level. But look, I'm not going to be critical of the Nets right now. I'm actually going to be positive, and I'm going to say this, okay? Kevin Durant basically called out his role players by saying, Look who, am I, look who I'm on the floor with after their last loss against the Sacramento Kings. Royce O'Neal responded in great fashion last night with his first career triple-double, along with Ben Simmons' play. I mean, all across the board, they were feisty. They got down and dirty. And matter of fact, the role players actually bailed Kevin Durant out in the clutch when it mattered the most. So I will say that was a positive sign on how his teammates responded to him and his criticism of them. I will say that. But am I putting any stock into that one win? Am I about to sit up and say, oh, that's a good sign. They're going to turn the corner. No, I'm not going to do that. They're still the Brooklyn Nets. They're still surrounded by drama. And they're still going to suck at the end of the day when it comes down to making any title type of title run. Oh, strong words there, Zach. Yeah, they can't even see the corner from where they are. They got to get on an airplane to get to the corner and then turn the corner. It's a long way from the corner. But two, two other notes. One Ben Simmons thing we should talk about. Three or four from the line when they went hack-a-ben on him. I've been waiting for teams to go hack-a-ben. You know it's going to happen. And he responded last night. That's big. And I want to shout out Utah Wantanabe. Mm. Forgotten player has been cast around the league. He has been Mm. sensational for the Nets. Five threes last night. He's shooting well from three. That was a weak spot in his game. This is a wonderful success story for a guy who's bounced around the fringes, found a home in Toronto, but it didn't last. And maybe, maybe he's found a lasting home in Brooklyn, and they need everybody they can get 
to get this season back on track. Well, and when we were chatting with Sarah Kustak, she was in studio with us, Nets on Yes Analyst earlier this week. She talked about how much Kevin Durant in particular has been impressed with Utah Watanabe and what he's been able to do for this team. All right, let's put the Nets on the back burner for just a moment, bring it back here to Los Angeles where Kawhi Leonard made his return last night against the Pistons. Here's how it all went down. Getting to the highlight in Crypto.com Arena. You can see him, the man, the myth. Kawhi Leonard has returned in this one. Kawhi Leonard, first game since October 23rd. Hit the turnaround jumper there. You can see one more time, Zach. What's up, Killian Hayes? Have some of that. Fourth quarter, Clippers up four here. Paul George gets the steal and then throws it down at the other end. Beautiful play by Paul George. And then later in the fourth, the Clippers up six at this point. Kawhi in transition, weaving through the lane. Nice touch, gets the layup to go. The Clippers win this one 96-91. Let's take a listen to Kawhi Leonard after the game. It's going to be a long journey. Uh, ACL recovery isn't just one year. Everybody thinks that, but it's a two-year process. So um, I know that. And... uh, I'm going to keep going and um, going through the process. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcoming in our Clippers reporter, Om Young Masuk. So that's what Kawhi said about his ACL injury. It kept him out all of last year. But but what did Kawhi say specifically about what kept him out for 12 games straight? Well, Malika, he was cryptic as usual. When he was asked what exactly was he experiencing during those 12 games off, he said, I'm not going to go into detail about it. I'm not a doctor, and neither is anyone in this room. As much as my Asian parents wish I was a doctor, I'm not a doctor. What I do know, or at least I've been told, is that Kawhi definitely felt something in his knee at the beginning of the season, um, enough to give them pause to try to figure out, let's strengthen this, let's make sure that this does not linger on into the season hopefully that they can have him healthy for the postseason. So now they start all over again, building his minutes back up. He played about 24 minutes last night. He started as well. He came up uh, in about, like, I think about six or seven minute stretches in each stint. So uh, it's going to – now the other thing, too, is they have to wait and see how he's going to feel daily. we got to see how his body reacts today and tomorrow before the game and hope that there's no sort of flare-up or anything like that. I want to dive a little bit more, though, into the comments that Kawhi Leonard made, Zach, because it was a little bit interesting to hear him say, well, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not really going to explain any of what was going on with him for the last several weeks when 
he knows and the Clippers know that that's all anybody is interested in. How are you? What was going on? And is this going to recur? How concerning mm-hmm. was that for you? I wish someone in the room had stood up and said, I'm a doctor and started answering the questions. But look, I thought it's, it's concerning that we don't get an explanation. You know with Kawhi and the Clippers, you're not going to get an explanation. That's just par for the course. I thought last night he looked rusty, rustier than I expected, a little bit worse, frankly, than he looked in the first two games he had played this season, and a little tentative. I expected him to come out and say, okay, I'm back, give me the ball in my spots. He was deferential to other teammates, and maybe that's fine. Like he said, it's his first game back in a while. Maybe it's a two-year process, and at the end of the game, we saw that transition layup. He kind of started seizing the game a little bit. So maybe it's just going to take time. But I actually, I, last night fell a little short of my expectations and hopes for him. But look, this is about the next 15 or 20 games. We're at the quarter mark of the season. The Clippers have to, at some point, establish an identity and a system. And they're going to need Kawhi to play a lot of games to do that. Mark, what did you think of Kawhi Leonard last night? Well, I mean, it's alarming because I had the Clippers picked as my title favorite, but guess what? I'm about to have a Kendrick Perkins moment At right here and it. do what At I do best. At least you best. own it. And I'm about to ch- – yes, yes. And, I, and I'm about to change my pick. I'm about to change my pick. I don't know who I'm going to pick, but I know it's not the Clippers. And it's not because of the others. It's because – The Clippers are not going to win a championship if Kawhi Leonard is not at his peak, especially with the competition that the league has right now. Kawhi Leonard has to be the best version of himself, and for him to be missing games and for him to look the way that he did last night, and I know he just came back, but I'm looking at his movement. I'm looking at his lateral movement, his speed, his his agility, things of that nature, and I wasn't like – uh, happy about it. So with that being said, I'm doing what I do best <laughs> and I'm going to switch it up. I don't know who I'm picking, but I know it's not the Clippers. Perk, it's not even Thanksgiving and you're bailing on the Clippers already? He's taking the field. Bold pick, Perk, the field. Yeah. Taking the field versus the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard. This is alarming, though. This is alarming. He had six points in 24 minutes. It marked his fewest points in a game since 2015. That game just so happened to be against the Clippers. Om Young Masuk, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. There are two teams in Los Angeles, and we are going to chat about the other one when we return. Darvin Ham, he joins the show to talk about how a team meeting may have saved the Lakers season. Also, we have a star-studded slate of games tonight on ESPN, starting with Giannis versus Embiid. Is this the best matchup in the league? I cannot wait for that game. Plus, I mean, what's going on with the Warriors? Kurt Goldsberry tells us exactly why they've struggled thus far. Keep it locked. We're just getting started here on NBA Today. How you doing, buddy? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, 
marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to NBA Today. All right, it's time to go coast to coast. We have some injury updates around the league, and we're going to start with Luka Doncic. He's set to play tonight against the Nuggets in Dallas. He was out resting in the team's last game. Let's keep it pushing on to New Orleans. Zion Williamson listed as questionable tonight against the Celtics. He missed the last two games with a right foot contusion. Remember, the Pelicans, they are 3-1 and one without Zion this season. And on to the Heat. They'll be without both Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero tonight in Washington. Butler will be sidelined with some knee soreness and Hero has missed the last five games with a sprained left ankle. All right, let's keep it pushing to the Sacramento Kings because what a story they have been in the league this season, Zach Lowe. They've been awesome. They have the second best offense in the league with a bullet and they could have a couple more wins if the referees were nice. And look oh. out! My goodness! Throwing it down. Down. Well, they got a little stare down. Yeah, that was mean. A little sauce at the end. That was mean. Pushing ahead to De'Aaron Fox. Lays it in off the glass. I had so much fun having him on the show the other day, and he has just been on a tear so far. Those, those elbow jumpers are money in the bank right now. Leading the Spurs by eight. Extending the lead. The Kings win this one. Light the beam. One twelve. So the Kings, they've won five straight, currently have the best record in California. We're not going to be petty, though. Zach, what are you seeing out of this Kings team? The offense is, again, number two in the league, only behind Boston. And just if we go to the tape, the pace with which they're playing in the half court. We don't talk about pace in the half court all that often. They are moving the ball, cutting hard, screening hard. And it's beautiful. Watch, here's a couple. Hand off to Darren Fox. No, hand off to Kevin Herter. Then slow down, draw the defense. Kevin Herter's playmaking has been sensational for them. Produce a corner three for Harrison Barnes. They run everything with zip. Everything is fast. And here's Sabonis. Yeah, I'll push the ball up. I can handle that as a center. Here I come. De'Aaron Fox. Nope. Backdoor cut. Looked like a handoff. Gonna be. And then bam, bam, bam. All the way around. Look at Terrence Davis at the bottom. Pump his fist when Kevin Herter, who I don't think has missed the entire season, hits that three. I love that. That's a sign of great chemistry. Terrence Davis didn't get to shoot. He made the extra pass. And he's waiting for that shot to go in. Psyched up for his teammates. These guys have a great vibe right now. And their offense is legit. Well, we know the deer and Fox came on this show and said the goal is to end that playoff drought. We'll see if they can do it this season. Perk, what's impressed you so much about the Kings so far this year? Well, well Zach talked about the chemistry, but, you know, and, and the ball movement, the player movement, them passing up good shots to get great shots, that's a reflection of what? That's a reflection of the coach, okay? When you talk about Mike Brown, let's give him some props. That's the foundation right there. When you see guys buying into winning, the pace, the cutting, the defensive intensity, Mike Brown bringing that championship pedigree to Sacramento, that's what they've been lacking. Look, this is coaching right here. This is interacting and teaching at the same time. And now you're bringing out the best version of your best player in De'Aaron Fox. So I like the direction that the Kings are moving in right now, and I love what Mike Brown is doing as the head coach of the uh, Sacramento Kings. You mentioned bringing out the best from your best player, De'Aaron Fox, 25-6-5 this season, shooting 55% from the field. In his career, he has never Mm -hmm. shot over 48%. So the Kings, I mean, 
league pass rankings? They moving up for you, Zach? I don't know where they finish, but they need to be like eight spots higher. See? They are a blast. There you go. All right, let's stay in the West here. The Knicks, they are in the yes. Bay to take on the Warriors, who are three games under 500 to start the season. Who would have thought for more on the Warriors' early season struggles? Kirk Goldsberry goes off the chart to explain what the issues are with the defending champions. The Warriors have two big problems, but Stephen Curry isn't one of them. Curry! Ridiculous! The first problem is defense. Last season, the Dubs had the second-ranked defense in the NBA. So far this year, they ranked 27th. This is bad defense across the board. Why? They foul too much and they are bad on the boards. They rank last in free throws allowed per game and they rank 27th in rebounding percentage. They're getting a ton of offensive rebounds and fouls. That's the whole key. The second problem is depth. With Steph Curry on the floor this season, their offense scores 117.6 points per 100 possessions. For context, that would rank second in the NBA at the team level. With Curry on the bench this season, the Dubs are producing only 99 points per 100. Tough to find a worse bench unit than the Warriors. That would not only be the worst in the NBA this year, it's the exact same offensive efficiency posted by the lowly 2013-14 Sixers. You know, the team that went 19-63. The record kind of speaks for itself. In the 485 minutes Curry has played this season, the Warriors have outscored the opponents by 63 points. That's good. The brilliance of Steph Curry, the reason they win. In the 240 minutes he's been on the bench, though, they have been outscored by 76. Everyone can't wait to play us and kick our ass. Simply put, the defense hasn't been getting stops and the bench hasn't been helpful. If the Warriors can't fix these issues fast, there won't be many dubs by the Bay this season. Thank you, Kirk. The Warriors have been one of the best home teams, winning six of their seven games at Chase Center, but also one of the worst road teams, still without a win in eight tries. They are outscoring opponents by 10 points per game at home, while being outscored by nearly 11 points on the road. To news now, out of San Antonio, former Spurs clinical psychologist Dr. Hillary Cawthon has agreed to settle a lawsuit filed against the organization and Josh Primo, the 12th pick in the 2021 draft. Primo was released by the team last month after he was accused of repeated incidents of indecent exposure. And on Thursday, Spurs CEO R.C. Buford released a statement saying in part, quote, the situation regarding Josh Primo is a matter we take seriously. Since learning of the allegations, we have taken and are taking measures to ensure that parties involved are treated with dignity and respect. We know we owe that to Dr. Cawthon, our players, our staff, and our community. This is a learning opportunity for us and one that we are certain will make us better moving forward. You can see the full statement there on your screen. Still ahead on NBA Today, Darvin Hamp joins the show to tell us how the Lakers plan to turn things around and how Westbrook has bought into his new role. Plus, Giannis and Embiid clash tonight on ESPN. Zach Lowe on how the Sixers need someone other than Embiid to step it up here. Also, it's getting cold in here. Hawk star Trey Young, he joins the show and tells us why the Hawks are ready to contend. More NBA Today after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This game is over. The Lakers come up short. This was not the Lakers' night. The team is just in a tough spot right now. Really? I should be mad and frustrated. I mean, we can't shoot a penny in the ocean. You gotta wake the hell up. I don't care what happens over the course of my career. I don't like to lose. I hate to lose. Is it possible, based on how they are presently constructed, to turn this season around? No. Let's check in on the state of the Lakers currently. Welcoming in our Lakers reporter, Dave McMenamin. Dave, we know LeBron James has missed the last two games with an adductor strain. What is his status for tonight against the Pistons? Malika, he's been upgraded to questionable. The Lakers schedule has helped him out get some time to rehab this injury, and I'm told it's 50-50 whether he'll go against the Pistons tonight, but certainly the intention would be to play. And, and listen, the team won against the Nets without him on Sunday, but they need to get him going with the rest of the pieces that they have here this year because this team will only go as far as LeBron James and Anthony Davis can take them. Certainly at this stage of his career, year 20, about to turn 38 next month, getting a week off can do a lot to get those fresh legs uh, moving forward. You mentioned sort of the NBA schedule gods here. The Lakers, they are coming up on a really interesting stretch. Why could this be such a turning point for them? Malika, look at the next seven games to begin with. You have a winnable game against the Pistons. Three of the next six games are against the San Antonio Spurs. You also have the Indiana Pacers in that mix. So that's a time to get your footing, start putting some wins together. But over the next 24 games, you're talking about 24 games in 46 days, 16 of them coming on the road. So this will make or break the Lakers season. It also coincides with the timing that Adrian Wojnarowski reported earlier early on in the year that Rob Palenka after 20 games would start to look at the calendar in terms of maybe re-engaging in trade conversations with those two future draft picks to try to make this team better. They got to win first to prove that this team is worth saving with a major trade. It's going to be interesting. We will be watching this upcoming schedule for the Lakers very closely. The Lakers in action tonight against the Pistons. Dave McMenamin, thank you so much. Let's take a look at some numbers here. The Lakers offense, it has struggled all year. They rank last in offensive efficiency and three-point percentage, making just 31% of their attempts. They make under 10 10 threes per game. That's the second worst mark in the league, only ahead of the Hawks. Joining us now is Lakers head coach Darvin Ham. Darvin, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time coming back here with us on NBA Today. And on Saturday, you had a spirited team meeting. Anthony Davis described it as having lots of emotions, but it was solution-based and solution-focused. What specifically was said that, that you found to be encouraging? Just the communication. Um, thanks for having me, by the way, first of all. Of course. But, uh, just in terms of the film session, just getting guys to communicate directly and, and, and making everyone understand that, you know, we have to be solution-based. It's easy to say, well, this is the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem. Okay, we all identify what the problems are. So now it's our job as professionals to get together, 
our minds together and try to see, you know, how we can fix these things. And most of them were just the self-inflicted wounds, weren't any personal attacks or things of that nature. It was just good old fun, breaking the game down, looking at our mistakes and seeing how we can get better. Patrick Beverly said that LeBron James sort of calling people out, really holding folks accountable was a big part of that meeting. What role did he play specifically? Would necessarily say calling people out. Um, I would just say just helping guys, you know, identifying mistakes. And I said at the outset of the meeting, here we're here to get better. Coaches, players, everybody. Um, so we can't take things personal. Um, we were passionate about what we were addressing because, you know, once mistakes become repetitive, you know, it's kind of frustrating. So I wouldn't, but I wouldn't necessarily consider it a personal attack. It was just him addressing certain guys and talking to them about how they can get better. You know, how, can, how we can be more efficient in certain areas and how guys just need to play within themselves and, and, and not try to do too much. Russell Westbrook ha- has really settled into his role as sixth man of this team. He's averaging 18 and 8 coming off the bench. He's the second bench scoring in the league behind Ben Matherin. What do you see for him as the next step in all of that really contributing and having an impact on winning? Just to continue, you know, doing what he's doing. Um, just coming off leading that, that that second wave with the reserves. And sometimes, you know, we leave Brian in there with him. Sometimes he's in there with both Brian and AD or AD by himself. Uh, and, and just to be that guy that sets the pace, sets the tone, and we just freed him up to go be Russ and uh, not worry about, you know, the ball so much transferring hands in terms of who we're playing. But obviously, we're going to play through Brian. We're going to play through AD in that first unit. But when Russ is out there, we want him to be exactly who he is. You know, he's embraced it, he's sacrificed, and he's thrived because of it. And I think, uh, you know, the Russell Westbrook you're seeing is only going to get better. One of the things that I have seen you bring to this team is just the relationships that you are able to build with players, the trust that it yields so that you're able to make these difficult decisions. How often are you and Russell Westbrook now that you have that foundation checking in to make sure you're still moving in the right direction together? Uh, we, we Again, I can't stress it enough. You know, you get blue in the face how many times we say this word, but communication. I mean, that's the biggest key. And just being upfront and direct. He knows I care care about him, but I also care about the totality and the entirety of the team. And so uh, he knows I'm not going to put him in a position with, where I think he's going to you know, have any opportunity to fail. And so uh, just, just talking to him, we laugh and joke, talk basketball, we talk serious issues and you know, things going on in the world, but just having that rapport, not just with him, but with all of our guys. It's been great. It's been great. I think they've responded really well to it. When you look at this team, what is the confidence level that you have now that you can reach the goals that you set out at the beginning of the season versus a week ago, a month ago, two months ago, when you were starting on this journey? Well, you know, you, you have that period as period of discovery and, you know, going through the early stages of an NBA season, Especially, you know, coming out of a summer where we have so many new faces, we have guys playing in different roles. I was waiting on guys to really get comfortable enough to really start holding each other accountable. And the more and more we get to know each other and know each other's tendencies and we get comfortable with one another, and we know that we're all pulling in the same direction and on the same page, you'll see the performance, you know, increase. Darvin Ham, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Malik. 
So while LeBron James is questionable to play tonight against the Pistons, he had some questions of his own in the debut episode of Thursday Night Football, The Shop on Prime Video last night. Listen to what he had to say about the situation 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers finds himself in with the Green Bay Packers. We got a transcendent franchise player like Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. Obviously, we know the quarterback position in the NFL, you know, besides if you have like a, a monster defensive end, you know what I'm saying, or a D tackle like obviously Aaron Donald. That's the, one, that's the most important position in the NFL. So why wouldn't you surround that when you got the picks? To, to, to maximize what he can do. Are we still talking football or are we talking basketball? Talking football. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure you wasn't talking I mean, about it definitely it. translates. And, and so, so Jay, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about me. I'm not going to some guys. Okay, so LeBron, pretty clear about not wanting to waste the years of somebody's prime. Zach, there's been so much talk, right, about the two Lakers picks. Rob Polinka wanting to wait until Thanksgiving to assess where this team's roster is at before potentially making any moves. But we're at that time of year. The turkey, I can smell it. We're less than a week away. What is your assessment here? Don't think I'm going to ignore the slander <laughs> against turkey that was going on before the, the show. Okay, so food. now you're just, throwing it, turkey into our, into our dialogue. Look, it, Thanksgiving is here. The Lakers are bad. And they need to be something other than bad to justify trading those picks. Those are really, really valuable assets. And it's easy to say, trade them, trade them, trade them, trade them. What's the deal? What's the trade? Name me the trade that turns this team with the worst offense in the league. Already injuries have been a problem for their best players. With the worst three-point shooting in the league into a title contender. Because other than that, you don't trade those picks because it sounds good now. Flash forward to 2026. The Lakers are still bad. LeBron's gone. AD's old. Whatever the case may be. And you're looking around like, oh my God, we don't have our pick? What happened to our pick? We don't have our pick for next year? What happened? Oh, my God. We traded it in that deal that got us the eighth seed in 2023. It's, it's got to be very careful. But, but isn't that part of the reason, Richard Jefferson was saying this on the show the other day, part of the reason why potentially LeBron James signed an extension the way that he did is to say, hey, it's okay, guys. I'm in this. But make the moves. Right, Perk? Yeah, but 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 here's the thing, right? Like we talking about the picks and we talking about 2026. We're in 2022 and we're talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we're talking about one of the most historical franchises in in sports history in the Lakers who is built on solely winning championships. And so what LeBron is saying is don't take me for granted. Mm. Don't take me for granted while I'm here. One of the best to ever put on a, a, a NBA uniform. Forget those picks when you could go and get something to win now. And look, it's nobody else's job to figure out who they're going to get in return if they happen to package up somebody in those picks. But Rob Palinka, that's why he got a, a major contract just about a month ago, right? It's to do his job. His job is to go and evaluate talent, evaluate this roster, and figure out who fits best with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Right. There's been, there's been some silver linings here, some bright spots there, like, like Lonnie Walker's play as of recently, right? I mean, not horrible all the way. Maybe I'm just trying to find the silver No, Lonnie Walker's been great, and they've found they're, a couple diamonds in the roughs here and there. They're but like, 3 but look, and 10. They're 3 and 10. Like Perk said, 
Okay, they're, they're about championships, right? right? And it's not our job to come up with deals. I think it is our job to come up with deals. We're going to sit here and say, Rob Polinka's got to trade the picks, trade the picks, trade the picks. We're about championships. What's the deal? I haven't heard one. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner is the best one that I've heard. And the gap from 3-10 and 10 to the Bucks and Celtics is bigger than Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. D- did you say the Bucks? The Bucks. Oh, you said the Bucks are coming up next on NBA Today. We're going to preview a huge <laughs> matchup that the Bucks have tonight against the 76ers. Who has the edge between Giannis and Embiid? We discuss. We'll be right back. How do you feel about the way you've been playing these Bowling, games? man. Giannis, bully ball. Is the best player in the game. There's no debate about it. 101 points overall this weekend. Seven blocks tonight. I missed too many free throws. I'm like you now. You can run, but you can't hide. You can't go far. No matter where you go, there you are. I cannot wait for that one tonight. Two of the most dominant bigs in the league going head-to-head. Giannis and Embiid squaring off on ESPN. Big perk. You are our resident big man. So who is going to impose their will in this matchup? It's going to be Giannis. And and I love Embiid, but Giannis at home, his second game back from coming off an injury. He didn't play well last game. And we all know the thing that we love about Giannis is that he takes these matchups personal. And I'm not saying Joel Embiid and I go come out, you know, with his numbers. But Giannis is going to get his, plus the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win tonight. They're just that much better than the 76ers. But again, I'm going to say this again. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA. His decision-making, his passing has picked up, making guys around him better, and the way that he just dominates in the post. I'm going with Giannis tonight. Well, and the fact that Giannis has been able to do it without Pat Connaughton for stretches, without Chris Middleton this season so far, Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. though, he's been balling. And, Zach, you said that he was able to elevate what you called in our pre-show meeting a, a little bit of a sloggy 76ers offense. I don't know if that's a word. Well, it is in your fantastic 10 things column. So, so we had a very interesting discussion in our pre-show meeting just to peel back the curtain a little bit about Philly's offense, the offense mm-hmm. moving forward. I, I think our viewers would like to hear it. Can, can we dig in a little bit to how both of you, starting with you, Zach, think that when the whole the Sixers need to play in order to maximize their offensive talent. Here. Now, first of all, Embiid has been incredible. 32 Amazing. and 10. He's shooting 57% on long twos. That's ridiculous for a player of any position, let alone a center. Totally carrying the team. But right now, look, you got to hold off judging how it looks until Harden comes back. But even when Harden was there, it was they were taking turns between Harden ball, just Harden dribbling the air out of the ball at the top of the key, and Embiid ball with everybody sort of standing around his post-ups. And those two guys are so good, you can win that way. But without Harden, the offense is disintegrated into just throw the ball to Embiid with eight on the shot clock and pray the big fella can make something happen. And that's just not good enough. When Harden gets back, they've got to go back to moving the ball a little bit more. Run the Harden-Embiid pick and roll. Spray it out to Maxi. Yeah, you get some ISOs here, some post-ups there. That's built into the game. There are mismatches. You get double teams. You start passing the ball. But the way they're playing offense now, and even the way they play played it when Harden was healthy is not good enough 
to beat the best defensive teams in the league. And two of those teams happen to be Boston and Milwaukee, who are just way above everybody else in the East right now. They just got to find some more juice. It's just lifeless right now. Well, the Sixers are 3-2 and two without James Harden thus far this year. What are you looking at going into this game tonight on the Sixers side, Perk? Well, first I'm going to look at their defensive mindset and see if they could get stops. And then I'm looking at Tyrese Maxey, right? So we're talking about the ball movement and we're talking about offense, but the game today is pick and roll, put the ball in your best player's hand, and let them make plays for others. And so you need guys like Tobias Harris to knock down shots on a consistent, efficient basis, which he has not done. I thought Tyrese Maxey was going to elevate his game even more with James Harden being out, but he kind of went the other direction. So when I'm looking at their offense, it's okay. If I had the big fella Joel Embiid, the MVP runner-up from last season, the guy that led the league that that led the league in scoring, I'm going to throw it to him and, and say, "Do your thing, big fella." As well, it's on the others to be more efficient. Mm. That game between the Sixers and the Bucks it kicks off our star-studded NBA Friday doubleheader at 7:30 Eastern, and then mm-hmm. after that, Julius Randle and the Knicks they square off against Steph and the Warriors. It's going to be a night of hoops. Our coverage it begins with NBA countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. To news now on WNBA star Brittany Griner from our investigative reporter TJ Quinn. In response to a potentially promising Russian statement about negotiations to bring Griner home, the U.S. Department of State fired off this dismissal today. Quote, we're not going to comment on the specifics of any proposals other than to say that we have made a substantial offer that the Russian Federation has consistently failed to negotiate in good faith. The U.S. government has continued to follow up on that offer and propose alternative potential ways forward with the Russian government. The Russian government's failure to seriously negotiate on these issues in the established channel or any other channel for that matter runs counter to its public statements. U.S. officials have said that they have hoped their Russian counterparts would engage in good faith negotiations after the November 8 midterm elections, but Friday's statement made it clear that such a shift, it hasn't happened, at least in the eyes of the U.S. government. And on Thursday, Griner's lawyers said that she was relocated to a penal colony in Mordovia, which is roughly 210 miles east of Moscow. And as our T.J. Quinn told us on this show, Russian penal colonies, they're known for having much harsher conditions than the Moscow jail where Griner had been held since she was detained in February. NBA Today will be right back. I'm just a competitive player and I'm going to try to do whatever it takes to win. I want to bring this city a championship so bad it's not even funny. We are now joined by the star of the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Trey, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. I appreciate you for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit. We see the body armor, the Mamba Forever behind you. Tell me a little bit about where you are and your work with body armor. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, body armor and uh, the Mamba Foundation partnered together and uh, created a court out here in Atlanta for kids and in this community to come out here and enjoy some hoops and fun and just to to get away and just have some fun. So I think it's a, a cool thing that they did and I'm just out here to show my support. 
Well, since you guys are out there to hoop and have some fun, let's talk a little bit about hoops because you guys are in the middle of facing some tough Eastern Conference contenders this week. I'm looking at your schedule. You've already faced the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics. You play the Raptors tomorrow night, the Cavs on Monday. What do you hope to learn about your team in this stretch? I just want to continue to learn my teammates. I mean, more games. We got new teammates with DeJounte and mm. Justin and uh, all these guys coming in. We just got to continue to play more games. And the more rest we get, the more comfortable we're going to feel playing on that court. And that's uh, that's what we want to uh, continue to get better at. You mentioned DeJounte. You will face Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell on Monday. When you are looking at your backcourt, how are you feeling about that matchup? Uh, you know I'm always excited. Uh, you know I'm always yes. picking us over anybody else. Um, but, I mean, we know we got a, a task. We want to take one game at a time. We got the Raptors tomorrow, but we know uh, it's going to be a fun matchup on Monday. Uh, they're obviously doing really well, and they're um, up there in the top of the race, too. So it's going to be a fun matchup, but it's, it's one game at a time. You, you told me the last time that we sat down that you will not be satisfied until you bring a championship to the city of Atlanta. How are you thinking about that now? I mean, my mind hasn't changed at all. Uh, that's that's still my mindset. Every night that I step on the court, I want to represent um, the city the best way I can and, and try to get a win for them. And, uh, at the end of the day, I want to bring a championship here and bring multiple here. So I know it's not going to be easy. And it's going to take a lot of steps day by day. So we just got to not take it for granted every day that you get to come into a gym and get better and uh, just leave it all out there. And I'm definitely looking forward to doing that for this city. Trey, before we let you go, I, I do want to bring in my friend and yours, Kendrick Perk. And Perk, I, I know you got something for Trey here. <laughs> I do. Ice Trey, what's happening? So, look, I know y'all got championship vibes and aspirations running through that locker room, but I like to hear about the big fella, right? I like to hear about, you know, the job Clint Capella is doing. Do you enjoy playing with him? How is he as a teammate? You know, where do you rank him for as being one of the best centers in the game today? Oh, yeah. I mean, our team, uh, anybody on our team knows we go as far as CC takes us. I mean, he's a, he's a force on that defensive end, uh, rebounds um, like no other big in this league. Um, when he's healthy, he's, he's one of the best bigs in, in our game today. Blocking shots, um, has underrated touch around the basket. And uh, I think he just brings so much to our mm -hmm. team. It's, 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 it's undervalued. So he definitely does a lot uh, for our team. And our team really, we, we really expect it. And uh, I hope everybody else does too when they watch us. Trey, thank you so much for stopping by. Stay warm. Enjoy the event. And we will see you soon. Best of luck this season. Appreciate it. See y'all soon. When we return in just 60 seconds, oh boy, we're going to recap the best moments from NBA Today this week. Stick around. You do not want to miss this. On top of the league, me and my clique. Got it out the mud, now we all lit. Hey, come on, Bucks. There you go. Kyle Kuzma of the Washington Wizards. Zach Lowe, are you around? Can you help me out with this? I wish it would have been a little bit longer. Me too. This guy is culture. My friends, my squad, my gang. I just caught Malika when I landed in the bank. Let's get it started. He hit him 
reloaded. If this was the NBA, it would be the dunk of the year. Throw it down, young man. Upper room, baby. <laughs> now we on ESPN NBA today. The baddest man on the planet, Luka Doncic. Play to be! I mean, he's out there serving the ball like a, you know, like an old lady on Good Friday at a Catholic church serving fish dinners right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shout out to Michael Bodmer for putting that together. Per yeah. I don't even know what metaphor that was. To everybody at home, we do not have a show on Monday with the holiday next week. We will see you on Thursday, Tuesday. Per and what Richard, do you tell the people? we don't Carry miss on. you. Stay home. Carry on, and we'll see you then. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.